I'm Holly Houghton. I'm Michelle Reyes. And I'm Noreen Noble. The three of us are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we all love people and we love helping others. So we decided to bring our coaching knowledge about intentional thought, along with our love and knowledge of Jesus Christ and his teachings, to create a podcast where we can explore how all this can fit together. We hope that with you, we can become more mindful and learn to find joy in any circumstance. And ultimately, strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ in every thought. Hey everyone, welcome back to the In Every Thought podcast. We're excited to share this episode with you. We have called it Holding Space. This is a topic that we think is so valuable as you do the work of trying to be a better disciple of Jesus Christ, trying to show up as your best self, and just trying to help others in their lives. So let's talk just a little bit more about what we mean when we say holding space. There's different times in our life that we are going to need to just take a little bit of a pause and create a little room for what we are experiencing or what others are experiencing. And we're going to talk about each of them just a little bit more. So let's first talk about holding space for others. We can hold space for others as we interact with them in different situations or circumstances of life. It's a moment where we simply pause and be present for that other person in whatever it is they're going through. For example, I have seven children. And if one of them comes to me with something they've done, especially if it doesn't align with what my expectations and hopes might be for them. One of the greatest gifts I can give them is to simply hold space. It also applies if they are going through something hard, something difficult in their life. I just need to pause and not be so quick to react, but just be present in the moment and create a space where we can just be, and they can feel heard and loved and just be in that moment before we move forward with whatever comes next. I love that we're talking about this because I heard about the term holding space for so long and didn't understand really what it was. And so when we were taught about it, and then um, in turn, when I coach my clients, I'm holding space for you. What does that mean? Picture a big empty room and I'm allowing you to throw whatever you want in that room. And I know as the coach, then I'm not judging you on it. I'm not trying to change how you're throwing your furniture in there. I'm not trying to rearrange it for you. I'm not, I'm just letting you throw whatever you want in this big empty room. And then after I'll ask you, do you like what you see? And then I'll proceed to coach that way where we're like, okay, if you don't like how you threw whatever you're in the room, we'll change it. And so when I turn that to other people, there's been times recently where people have been talking to me and I'm like, open the room, Noreen, open the room because I want to fix it. I want to react to it. I can't though. And so I just mentally picture a big room where I am like outside of it. I'm not in it. I'm just letting them put things in it. And then when I do that, I visually do that. It helps me separate wanting to fix, wanting to correct, wanting to judge. And like you said, simply giving them a place where their heart can land. It's that safe place where they know that they won't be judged, that they will just receive love and understanding. And it's making room for that. 
Yeah. I was thinking that too. For me, when I think of holding space, I think of just love. It's like seeing the person and not seeing the action, the emotion, the reaction. It's seeing them and being present with them in that moment of their suffering or whatever they're going through and connecting with, with them. And it's, I'm here. I see you. I'm listening. And there's no judgment of thinking they should be doing something different, thinking something different, reacting a different way. It's just, I think partly accepting what is and not wanting to change it, especially with our children, not making it about ourselves. I think that's part of holding space is, is keeping the focus on them. What are they going through? How can I help just being present and listening? And it can help to create a connection with that person when they feel safe with you then they can open up. And it's just, to me, it's just the ultimate act of love. Yeah. And I'd love to connect this back with everything that we've taught you thus far in the podcast about the model, being able to understand the model, you know, again, the idea that circumstances are neutral, that we can choose the thoughts that we want to have, and then thus create certain feelings. Like all of that is a tool in order for you to be able to create that space or whatever's, you know, whatever you're experiencing or, or hearing from a loved one. So let's just quickly show you how you can model this out using the CTFAR model that we've been teaching you about. So we know the circumstance. The circumstance is whatever has occurred. Make sure to keep it factual and keep it neutral. It just simply is what is. It could be something like, my son didn't make the soccer team or my daughter lied about where she was, just something very factual, okay? So we know the circumstance. We also know the result that we're trying to achieve. The result we want to achieve through this model is to, for us to be able to hold space for the other person. So now we're gonna work to fill in the rest. We can decide first, like what feeling would allow me to show up to hold space? You might decide that that's love, or calm, or empathy, or compassion, maybe even curiosity. Let's go ahead and go with calm. If you want calm to be your feeling, then you decide what thought would help me remain calm, help me to have this feeling of calm. One thought you might have is that we are both capable of getting through this. I have her back. The savior has my back. <laughs> we can get through this. There's a different versions and you decide which thought feels believable. And that is going to create that calm that you feel inside of you. And then you move into the action line, the A, what would it look like to come from a place of calm? What would you do? What would you not do? And you might decide it's actions like I would take a deep breath. I would seek to hear and understand. I would not jump to reacting or trying to solve things immediately. And it could even be, I would ground myself and seek inspiration from the spirit. So do you see how powerful modeling can be as we try to create more intention in our lives? It's so powerful to just see it all written out like this. And that's a model of an example of how you could hold space for someone when maybe they've done something that's unexpected, that may have disappointed you. That's a difficult situation, but there's other times when we can learn to hold space simply to be a listening ear for someone who's having a hard time. 
And one of the best analogies I heard came from um, a coach that I know who introduced the idea to me of holding space because up until that point, um, you know, fairly re recent in my life, I had always had a desire to be there for others, to be someone that people could turn to. But I always thought that that meant listening and then relating to them to let them know that they weren't alone. And oftentimes that included me sharing an example of when I had something similar happen in my life. But the analogy that this coach shared with me really helped me see how important it is to simply hold space and not just jump to that relatability side of things of sharing where you had something similar happen to you. And he shared the analogy of imagine you are in your neighborhood and your neighbor asks you to come over and visit with them and you go and you visit and you're sitting in their living room and they're sharing with you some of those hardships and heartaches and difficult things that they're going through. And all of a sudden you get up, you grab them by the arm, you yank them out the front door, you yank them across the street to your house. You sit them down on the couch in your home and you say, okay, go ahead and continue. That kind of abruptness of pulling them out of their space into your space is, is what kind of happens when we jump in with our own stories and seeking to be relatable or sharing our own experiences. It makes it more about you than it makes about them. And maybe that's not what they need. Maybe they don't need to come into your world where you've had different things happen or go on in your life. Maybe they just need to stay in their world and feel seen and heard and loved. And so that was just a really powerful analogy that helped me understand how important it is to just make space and hold it for them as long as they need. That's so interesting that you said that because I'm about to give you guys a parenting tip. You know, when you're, when the kids are little, they come to you, you fix it. You tell them what to do. Oh, so-and-so did that. Okay. This is what you do. Da -da. And, but they don't bring you a flag in the time in their teens, when they decide that they don't really want your advice anymore, they're just telling you stuff. And so I would sometimes, you know, my daughter, um, even she, when she'd go off to college and she'd come and ask me and I would say, and she'd get, we'd get in this fight because um, I was trying to fix it. I was trying to be relatable to her and she just wanted me to listen. But then sometimes I would listen and she'd, then she'd be like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't, I don't know what you want. So I came up with this thing where I say to her, um, okay, before you tell me, is it, do you want me to commiserate or do you want me to coach you or, you know, something like, do you want me to just listen or do you really want my advice? Cause I, I want, I can't, I have two different brains here. And so then she'll be like, mm, just listen. So then I'll be like, okay, I'll just listen. And it really dissipated a lot of the arguments because it was me asking her, how do you want me to show up right now? And then that's the way I'll show up versus me just being who I thought I needed to be for her at that time. And so sometimes it's a subtle thing where you just kind of listen and make space. And sometimes you ask them, like sometimes, you know, your husband, we talk about things. Do you, are we finding solutions or am I just listening? Because I don't understand half the technology things you're telling me. <laughs> He's an IT guy and he'll be like, can you believe that this is like 55 megahertz, whatever? And I'm like, is that a lot or a little? I don't know. 
<laughs> so I but I love that I've never even heard about the yanking them out of the house and putting them in your house and that is such a powerful visual Michelle really really cool yeah I liked it too I I think partly when we when we do try to relate to them or give them advice it it kind of in a way feels discrediting to like what I'm saying and I think sometimes especially like I think of myself when I go to open up to somebody and I'm telling them things that one feel really kind of vulnerable and uncomfortable to share. And I already have so much judgment for myself. And so sometimes if someone starts saying, oh yeah, I have this, then it kind of feels like, well, it's not exactly, they're not really listening to me. Or if they give, like you were talking about Noreen, unsolicited advice, it, it feels like, oh, I know I should know this. I'm dumb for feeling this way. And it, it doesn't help me get the awareness I need to be able to really see what's going on. And I think part of creating that space for whoever it is in our life is just letting them not have it be so consuming inside of them, but we can bring it outside of us and take a look at it and really see what's going on and be present with those emotions and see them and accept them. It, it helps us move through that emotion. It helps us embrace that emotion and, and not create that self-judgment for ourselves or honestly for someone else. And it can help us just get to know ourselves better because we we're just learning about who we are and why we feel that way. And what's important to us when we remove that judgment, then, then what's left is just love and understanding and compassion. Yeah. So when we hold space for others, we give them permission to hold space for themselves and to not have that judgment and to have love for themselves. So I think we have kind of established the importance of holding space, but I can imagine listeners saying, okay, how do we do that? Like, what does that look like in everyday life? So I'd love for you guys to just share like one, one way that this is manifested in, in life. When I think about making space for others, I reflect on the principle of curiosity and compassion. And that was in an earlier episode. And so when people are talking, I try as much as I can to have curiosity and love and compassion versus trying to think, oh, what am I going to say next? Or how can I fix this? Or, oh my goodness, this is crazy. Or, you know, judgmental things. Um, if I do find myself having those thoughts, I try to bring it back to curiosity and love and compassion. Yeah, I agree, Noreen. I love that. And I think the other word I would add to that is being present. Like we're yeah. listening to listen and not to respond or right. show them like even empathy or relate. It's like, we're really listening to hear what they are saying. And I think even if you're unsure what to say, just continue asking them to tell you more, like, tell me more about that. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Just allowing them to be the one to control the conversation and share whatever it is that they want. Yeah. And maybe you talked about a few things we could say, like, tell me more. And even in our head, you know, when we're listening to someone else, we can, or even we can say it out loud, but things like, I love you and I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. I'm here for you. I hear you. Anything someone feels, even though we at first glance might think that's ridiculous. You don't need to feel that way. When we really slow it down, it makes sense why they feel the way they do. If we were raised the way they were, had all the same experiences, I, I think we would be feeling the exact same way. And so 
sometimes I think it's just saying it makes total sense. You feel that way. Even for myself, when I say rather than like, Oh, I shouldn't be mad. And I shouldn't be feeling this way. And it's so like, I get frustrated with myself. That's not giving me space. That's like closing in. But when I say it makes sense that I feel sad about this, I want to actually feel sad about this. It's okay that I feel sad about this. It, it opens and expands and just, it lessens the intensity of it. And that's also how I think of creating space is literally just letting that be open and okay and present with my own self too. And what I'm feeling. And I think that goes back perfectly hand in hand with the episode about that protective brain versus the intentional brain, like the protective brain is there for a reason. And we don't need to say that it shouldn't be like, it makes sense that we have these different experiences. And especially when we're interacting with our children, you know, we, we see a different view having had experience in years, you know, behind us, but if we can just hold space for them, recognize it's perfectly normal or like, it makes sense. Like you said, that they're experiencing it this way, you can hold space for them in, in a beautiful way. So part of holding space is just us remaining steady with how we feel when someone is scared or overwhelmed by their feelings, holding space is us holding our emotion too, and not jumping on their roller coaster of emotions, us just being anchored in where we are. So that invites them to come back to that calm, steady, safe place. And it gives them permission to embrace that type of steadiness as well, that anchoring into you as you're holding that space. And it gives them permission to have those extreme emotions because they know that they're anchored to your steadiness, right? Because sometimes they do have to feel that overwhelming fear or um, sadness. And sometimes we don't, and as we talked about in the feelings episode, we don't like to feel those feelings because it feels so dire. But if you're sitting with someone who's remained calm and steady and anchored, I can feel those things because I know that you're going to bring me back. And you're yeah, going to, you're not scared of them. Yeah. Like, if not- I feel really scared and I'm talking to you and you're just calm, it helps me think, oh, okay, maybe this isn't as scary as I think, because yeah. you're remaining calm rather than jumping on with me and intensifying the emotion. Exactly. And I think part of what we're doing when we're holding space is zooming out, not being in the circumstance so much that it becomes like this out of control situation. It's like you, you pull back, you see the bigger picture, you have a bigger perspective. You realize that things are figure outable experience is for our good. And because, I mean, going back to that whole anchoring concept that Holly was talking about, like you anchor, you can anchor into the ultimate calm and peace, which is in Jesus Christ. And just like that pulling back a little bit, seeing the bigger picture allows us to have that calm. When we're holding space for others, we first kind of create an awareness and acceptance of of what is, and that it's, it's okay. And then we can decide there if we need to process emotion or if we need to make some shifts in thinking and move forward in a certain way. But we just, the, the most important thing is to first just hold that space so that that person can be feel loved and validated and safe. 
And that same thing applies to ourself. Like there are times in life when we need to hold space for ourselves, hold space for those emotions that we're feeling, thoughts that we're having. And so it's not just us with other people, it's with ourselves. So Holly and Noreen, how do you hold space for yourself? I guess it's the same way that we hold space for others with curiosity and compassion. Once I was with my life coach and I said something and I go, I know that's just a thought. And I moved on and she goes, wait, 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 let's go back. Your phrase. I know that's just a thought. I said, yeah, I know it's just a thought. I'm a life coach. I should know. And all this stuff. And she goes, well, when you say that, that's lazy coaching. And I was like, what? Because when we tell ourselves, that's oh, just a thought, what we're doing is we're not digging in. We're not looking at it with curiosity. So why am I having that thought? So I brushed it off with, oh, it's just a thought and I should change myself. But I didn't actually do the work to dig in and to find out why I was having that thought. And I thought, oh, wow, I've been lazy coaching myself this whole time because I've been writing my thoughts or my judgments as just this and that instead of digging deep. And so I think holding space is giving myself the time to dig deep into some of the things that I'm thinking and feeling and processing so that I can understand myself a little bit more. You can have compassion on myself a little bit more. And doing that without judgment for ourselves, right? Yeah. Is that holding space? Yeah. And I think just that honesty and acceptance of like what is and where I'm at. Like, so if something happened and I feel mad about it rather than be like, Oh, I shouldn't feel mad. And then I'm, I have like mad and then I layer it with you know, judgment. And then I layer it with shame and then I layer it with frustration and, you know, and I, and I grow that feeling. If I just think, yeah, I felt mad about that and that's okay. And I just let it be okay. And just let it be there and just have that space to just feel that emotion and not try to brush it away and justify it or explain like just nothing. It's just, yeah, it is what it is. Just accept that it's there for me. I found that like we've talked about removing that judgment and just having that curiosity and compassion and, and to be honest and accept that that is what I'm feeling for me is creating space for me is actually acknowledging that that is what's true for me in that moment. I love that you said that because so often either I say it or I hear my friends say it. I mean, I think we have this thought that Christians shouldn't feel these motions of jealousy, anger, frustration, all these things. And we're human beings. So yeah, we feel those things. It's it's what we do with it after. It's right. not the emotion that we have. And so what you said, Holly, is being true to that emotion because if we can say, okay, yeah, I'm jealous of this. And that's how I feel. And when I'm actually honest with myself, it actually helps me process myself out of that feeling so that I say, okay, this is what I'm thinking I acknowledge that I felt jealous about this or angry or betrayed or sad or whatever. Now, how, what am I going to do with it? And that's when I can yoke myself with Christ, with his anger, and then become the Christian that I want to be. Right. So just letting it be, and then processing those emotions. And even like you said, curiosity and passion, like, why am I feeling that what's going on for me? Oh, that totally makes sense. All of a sudden it just dissipates and we're able to move on and, and show up in a better way. Yeah. I love all of that. And when I think of the idea of holding space, I think of the perfect example 
of doing that with our heavenly father in Jesus Christ, how they allow us to experience life and make choices and learn and grow. And they have, they're always there waiting, waiting for us to come to them. They're not frantic and like the, the building is burning down. Like we've got to fix this. Like they just hold space. Like I think about the scriptural term of our probation, our probationary state in this life. And just the mere fact that we've been given a chance to have that, that time to choose to follow God and to learn and to evolve and become that probationary state, that time of testing and that time of growth and that time of learning and figuring things out like that is all him holding space for us. I love that, Michelle. It reminds me of an experience I had back in December. I wanted to get each of my kids a picture of the savior, just a five by seven picture to put in their room. And I had been thinking a lot about just what the savior can offer in our lives with heartache and struggle. I had two family members that I love so much that were really having a hard time. And it was really hard for me and just heavy for me. And I went to Deseret book and I just grabbed a few of the five by seven pictures. And there was one particular, it was by Kate Lee. It's a watercolor of the savior. And he, the picture has a lot of negative space. And so it's the savior kneeling over the rock in the garden Gethsemane. And there's just white space all above him. And it caught my eye. And so I just grabbed it and I grabbed a few others. The feelings I was feeling that day, I would say were disappointment and some frustration with um, particularly one of the choices that one of these family members were making and just, just so much heavy heartache for me. And I was feeling bad that I was having this feeling of disappointment and some anger about it. And I, I didn't like the way I was feeling. And I was trying just to brush it aside and think, you know, positive thoughts. And I looked down at that picture and I just had this thought come into my head that just was like, he has space for all of you. And it really just touched my heart that knowing that it's okay that I felt that disappointment. It wasn't where I wanted to be, but it is where I was in that moment. And the savior knew how I felt. He could, he knew perfectly how he felt and he still loved me. And he wasn't scared of the anger I felt or the disappointment I felt, or even disappointed in me for feeling it. It was just, he has space for all of me. And it just really helped me feel his love and feel some love and compassion for myself. And I just really love that picture. We can link it on our show notes so you can take a look at it if you haven't seen it. Cause it's just a beautiful reminder that the savior is greater than anything we experience, but he, he lets us be exactly where we are and then invites us to join him, to come find peace in him, rest in him. And, and he has space for all of us. I love that so much. I think it goes hand in hand with us, not only receiving that grace and that blessing from the savior, as we come to him in our heartaches or, you know, just all the things that we experience, but then that allows us to turn around and do the same for others as we experience that with him first. And it reminds me of this quote given by Reina Alberto, who is 
in the general leadership in the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she talked about this connection between what the savior is able to do for us and how that connects with how we show up for others. And here's what she says. She says, let us follow the savior's path and increase our compassion, diminish the tendency to judge and stop being the inspectors of the spirituality of others. Listening with love is one of the greatest gifts that we can offer. And we may be able to help carry or lift the heavy clouds that suffocate our loved ones and friends so that through our love, they can once again feel the Holy Ghost and perceive the light that emanates from Jesus Christ. And so we can be that, that bridge, that connector, that maybe it's, we could think of it as like a link where they link and anchor to us. And then we link and anchor them to the savior and we link together all of us and we uplift together. I love your testimony, Holly, about the space the Savior creates for us. And I love the connection you just made, Michelle, because this whole time I've been thinking, it reminds me of this concept that I love. And it's from Brene Brown and it's in her book, Atlas of the Heart. And it talks about the difference between fitting in and belonging. And fitting in is when you fit in with everybody else because you act like everybody else. But belonging is when you're accepted into a group, even though you just, your authentic self. Belonging is being accepted for who you are and fitting in is being accepted for you being like everybody else. And I just, with what you said about being the bridge and what, what Holly said about the savior, the savior is the ultimate example of how he let everybody belong. I mean, when, as we're studying the new Testament, I'm just seeing all the different people he associated himself with, which at the time was not the cream of the crop, according to the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. But he let people be who they were. He let Peter be who he was. Uh, you know, I, I, I a little bit aligned with Peter, a little, a little spicy in my life. Uh, but he let him be who he was. And at the same time said, I love you. And I accept you. He made that space for them. And so, like you said, when we're, Michelle, that quote was beautiful. When we can make that space, when we can make everyone feel like they belong somewhere, like they have a safe haven somewhere that they belong then we can be the connection of each other because honestly doing this life alone is not what he wanted us to do he wanted us to do it together and that's why we all need to belong together and what a great place to belong as one of his sheep and his flock and i'm so grateful that he has that immense space and that graphic is so beautiful holly to just remind me yes I have room for you, how you are. I have room for her, how she is, and him, how he is. And it really allows me to feel like I have a safe place to land, but also create a safe place to land for other people. Oh, I love that, Noreen. That's so good. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, Holly and Noreen. And one of the reasons why Learning to hold space is so important is because as we do so, we will strengthen relationships and we will create an environment where it's more likely that we and our loved ones are going to have that ability to improve our lives rather than shaming others or hating ourselves to another place to try to get to a better place. We can just hold space, exercise that compassion and love. We promise that it will create a better environment for growth and change. 
The Savior is the ultimate example of holding space and at the same time beckoning us to do better and to be better. And there is something so powerful in creating an environment of love, of understanding, of being seen and heard and loved that just allows growth to flourish. So this week, we want you to think about how you can intentionally create space for yourself and for others. Look for ways to do that. Apply some of the principles that we have talked about in this episode and see how it improves your life and then come and share it with us. We would love to hear about how this podcast episode and others has been influencing your life for good. Come email us at ineverythoughtpodcast at gmail.com. You can come ask us questions or just share some of your best takeaways. You can also message us on Instagram at ineverythoughtpodcast. We'd also love for you to share this podcast with your friends and your family and neighbors, anyone that you think could benefit from some of the principles that we are talking about and sharing. Thank you so much for being here. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye.